Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxborough, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Matt. Yo. And Brody. Hey. It's rare that I go like so off the rails right at the start of a podcast. You know, ha- that was just proper hang- verbal diarrhea. That was hang loose, boys. Let's just you know, let's just get through it. Eh? Just let's just kick back. Yeah. yeah, it's not as late a recording this week as it was last week. But I think yeah, that's, yes, last that's week what, I was in my PJs. I was just like, chilling out. I think that's what's confused us. Maybe we yeah. feel like we're meant to be tired, but we're not as yet. Well, you you're in your PJs, <laughs> but the per- the Perth boys were like you know just waking up in the morning. So yeah, yeah, managing those time zones is pretty tough. It's weird that we have like such big time zones in the one country. It still trips me out, and I still don't like that South Australia is half an hour behind. That is some nonsense. Um, have you guys been playing any of the Black Ops beta? No. No. no, I didn't even know it was on, uh, to be honest. You, Brody? Uh, when did it start? It was just started earlier this week. I've been playing a bit of that. It's tracked does, me away from Fortnite. Does the beta have uh, the blackout mode in it? It doesn't, no. Ooh, it that's... just, yeah, it's just the multiplayer. Then color me disinterested. I know, I know. Had that been included, I'd have been all over it. But for the for time sure. being, I've really sort of like jumped in for a few hours. Um, it's good though. It's worth uh, checking out if you can like find anyone um, streaming it online or some videos or whatever. Is it, um, is it fairly Call of Duty-ish? It's very Call of Duty-ish. It's, I was amazed by just how similar it felt. And I mean, to be fair, like this is my criticism with Call of Duty like, time and time again. It's just like they always make out that there's going to be all these differences. Um, but ultimately, it sort of feels the same, which I guess is both good and bad. Because if you like what Call of Duty do and you don't really want it to change all that much, then, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm just always surprised by how similar it feels, despite the differences that they're pitching. Even when they sort of like introduced the wall running and jetpacking and stuff like that, it still felt mm. kind of the same. So, um, uh, where does Black Ops Four fit in? Is it very much like that, like with all the jetpacks and wall running and stuff like that? Because uh, not, or is it more yes. grounded again? I don't know. It feels more grounded based on what I've played, but I don't think I've really sort of been exploiting like all like the full sort of range of different power ups and abilities that um, players have. No. Um, the the class sort of structure seems to be working. Again, I'm, I'm speaking from only having played like a few hours of it so far. Mm. Um, the class structure seems quite different, and the sort of uh, the sort of kind of like crossing into that sort of hero shooter kind of space, I guess a little bit, we're having like a, a bunch oh. of different sort of characters you can select from that have different sort of powers and abilities. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that all works quite well in terms of, um, like the sort of grenades and things that people have access to sort of being a bit more sort of timed, mm. um, like with cooldowns and stuff like that. Yeah, there's kind of like a cooldown element to it, which is kind of good. It means you can't just like go spamming grenades sort of like as quickly yeah. as you can pick them up and stuff like that. Um, so I think that worked quite well. Um, and I thought some of the map design was awesome. I love the sort of underwater sections that's been in a couple of the games now. Um, but uh, there was a map that I was playing a fair amount of that had had some good sort of like underwater routes um, to opposite ends. Um, and it just kind of allowed like heaps of kind of neat ways to sort of progress around the map. Um, yeah, I've always been impressed by the map design in the College of Games, and that's not changed here. Um, I, just, I just yeah. still can't cop that there's no campaign. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, don't... It's, it is a shame that, isn't it? Like, I, you've been a fan of their, their campaigns too, haven't you, Brody? Yeah, I'm, uh, that's generally the only reason I play Call of Duty. I'm not a very big multiplayer guy. And I, yeah. gen- and I generally like the Call of Duty campaigns because, you know, they're fun, they're big, they're explosive. Um, but, yeah, so that's a shame. 
do you uh do you think you'll be giving a shot matt when it comes out for maybe for the battle royale mode if not for anything else uh look i i'll try anything once and i tried call of duty once with black ops 3 because everyone else was getting it it was kind of fun but yeah nah i'm 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 not a call of duty person um i'm not i'm actually not really interested in you know either of the major ones like call of duty or battlefield they just don't you know they don't do anything for me i've tried i've tried both and i'm just like eh, nah i can't you know can't really get into them so i I have i have to agree i have to agree yeah all right okay i'm kind of excited for both of them um battlefield's always been uh, a favorite of mine as well so definitely yeah. looking forward to that um well we are giving away some beta codes to the closed beta uh so if you fancy snacking yourself one of those jump over to the website and enter the competition over there um and speaking of betas let's segue over into the news because uh, fallout 76 beta will include the full game uh and progress will carry over but it won't be available on steam um brody is it strange for a beta to include the full game um well I mean, I see it sort of, not so much. I guess, I guess it's a beta in the sense that they're probably like stress testing the systems and stuff like that, but it's probably mm-hmm. more like a trial. And like, I feel like in terms of like trials, they generally do open up the full game, especially in instances where it's of open world game. Yeah. Um, but generally they might, you know, like lock off some of the story missions. Like they might only limit it to the first few you can do, but if they're opening up the full game, then I guess that's pretty cool. I mean... Yeah. Gives yeah, you a, and I suppose it lets you sort of tackle things in any order you want. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because what sort of like story there is and what this might mean for like spoilers coming out, right? But it seems to be more of like a multiplayer sort of focused game, right? So we shouldn't yeah. have too much in the way of like an overarching narrative. Do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the story was like wafer thin. Like uh, mm. it'd be sort of one of those games where you sort of make your own stories, like you know. Mm. Matt, would you would you like to see betas operate like this more often? So like having the full game there, progress able to carry over? Uh I I don't know. Like I think a lot of games do that anyway with demos and beta versions, you know, as it is. Uh you know, a lot a lot more in the modern day than they did, you know, previously. But um I think like I think I think it's kinda you know, like I don't know. I guess it it makes more sense if it is the full game because then you've got a sense of you know how it's going to be rather than being just an obscure demo that's limited to you know a blocked off area or something mm. um i think yeah no i think maybe you know maybe they're on to a good thing you never know like i i guess sort of time will tell because because it's not a common thing that you know games do then you know we'll see how you see how you go so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it hopefully it means uh that it'll release a little less buggy than Bethesda games typically do these open world games, but you get, you're um, giving them too much, too I, much faith. I would not bank on it. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I'm hopeful for Fallout 76. Like I think it's quite a, a bold uh, move and sort of direction that I've I've spoke before after it was announced at E3 that it's the kind of direction I've hoped that their games would go in for a while, and I'm excited that one finally is. And I get that that's not what everyone wants. People still like their sort of single player. Uh, focused Bethesda um, studio games, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll still be a lot of fun for everyone. Um, but speaking of strange things, uh, The Walking Dead's Negan is joining Tekken 7's Foster of Fighters. Uh, Matt, if I remember correctly, you've played the Tekken games before. Am I wrong there? 
Um, I I have been a fan of them for many many years. Oh, good. My um, memory is not as bad as I thought it was then. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you make of this then? Do you think he's a good fit for Tekken Seven? Uh, well, I don't know. Like not being not being a huge sort of Walking Dead fan. Um, mm. like I have seen the reactions when he came into the series. So of course you do a little bit of snooping. You look up and you read. It's like oh, he's a pretty pretty brutal character, you know, yeah. in general. Um. I I don't know if he's a good fit for the series, but at the same time, I feel like it's just it's the the insane left field kind of thing that Namco like Bandai Namco does. Um, mm. You know, Tekken has never been one to be sort of that you know super duper realistic fighter. Um, you've had robots, you've had boxing kangaroos, uh, you've had fighting pandas. You had yeah. Gon, Gon the little dinosaur who was actually a Japanese like character in Tekken Three back in the day. Um, look, I, I, I just love how insane it is. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it feels just very, very Bandai Namco. Um, mm. So I guess like I can't, you can't really make a judgment until you see how he plays. Because um, I mean, like Tekken, Tekken Seven has been absolutely, you know off the charts like they 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 made uh akuma from tekken uh, from street fighter basically a canon character almost um mm. in the story which is you know pretty insane um and then they also included geese howard from king of fighters they included uh noctis from uh final fantasy 15 what it, yeah 15 yeah um so I mean, they they're just going guns blazing and going. You know what? If it, if they think it fits, then it fits, and and you know, good on them, good on them for taking those risks. Yeah, um, I think it's quite ambitious, and I don't know. It, it, maybe it's a bit weird, but I think it's kind of exciting as well. Like coming from someone that's a Walking Dead fan and not a Tekken fan, it makes me a bit more sort of interested in, in maybe picking up the game. I think Negan's a really kind of cool character, and I can sort of see him fitting in quite well in a fighting game context as well. Um, obviously with his bat lucille it, it kind of makes a bit of sense um brody we don't know the specific kind of details of the deal surrounding this um but we've not we, we've seen other sort of video game development becoming like kind of co-branded i guess um the most mm. recent example i can think of i hate to mention it for like i, I feel like it's the third me, time oh, hang on let me guess but, fortnite and thanos yeah yeah <laughs> fortnite and thanos you know right there was yeah. you know, obviously big money from disney there to include yeah. uh him in the game around the time that infinity war was in cinemas um with like video game development becoming more expensive do you think we can see we're gonna see more kind of co-branding like this yeah no doubt like i mean i don't see any reason why they wouldn't i mean if you know if soul caliber can have yoda and darth vader and tekken can have negan then anything's possible really so yeah i don't know i don't know where it'll exactly go i mean you you always there's always going to be that sort of brand uh sort of implementation into sorts of games like you know like forza do it all the time with like they reveal new cars like through their game and stuff like that so yeah um yeah we've already seen it in the movie space as well with when you know like uh big brands are sort of sponsoring or or contributing part of the cost um for a film and you You see banner advertisements or whatever or you you get that the, the background you get that lingering shot of them holding their windows phone and you're like yeah you're like hang on no one uses those the windows must be paying for this yeah have so, um, PlayStation done that in some of their their first party exclusives as well? They've like used exclusively like Sony products. I'm, I think it was like 
I can't remember which one it was, but you could, everything was like Mark Sony. I feel like it might have been Heavy Rain or something like that. I oh, think I probably. think the funniest the funniest thing was the fact that when the PS3 first came out, they used the font from Spider Man, <laughs> um, and that was literally mm. the deal. Is like because it was Sony, they're like, we own this font, so we're going to use this font on the PlayStation <laughs> as well. Is that really so, how that worked? Was that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was pretty much like that was that was the whole thing. Like they had, um, I'm pretty sure at the time they had tie uh, tie in advertisements too. That's ghastly. Um, that's, that's uh, so it was, bad. It was was it Spider Man two? Or was it Spider Man three? It was one. I think it was might have been Spider Man two. Um, but yeah, they 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 did a they that was because they had you know they owned the rights to it and that's why they yeah the, yeah, the original P, the PS three uh, the launch one mm. had that that specific font and it yeah was i know yeah. i know exactly what you mean it was yeah. identical i remember people commenting on it at the time uh, i thought I it was, I thought it was, it was like just a, a similarity effort. i didn't realize yeah. they, they did it just because they could that makes it so much grimier for some reason for me <laughs> it does i don't really know if that would have been all worthwhile as well like making no, that connection it's, it, but. It's, a, it's a shit font yeah but especially because yeah. if it was spider-man 3 that was the worst of the trilogy so. exactly i feel like it was yeah. spider-man 3 i'm just trying to think like the time time wise I Spider- PlayStation Spider- 3 came Sp- out 2008 yeah spider-man 3 right? would have been about 2007, 2007 yeah yeah well mm. i've not uh played a second game before uh but maybe i'd have had time to if i wasn't engrossed in Fortnite. there we go the fourth mention on the show so far uh speaking of which i wrote a feature about my Fortnite addiction and my inability to play other games um i hope that people go out there and, and read it but i thought i'd ask you guys what games have you been addicted to brody i'm, I'm sure there's been a game that you've just been unable to let go of before yes of course um uh, once upon a time, it probably might have been something like, you know, Fallout or maybe even Bioshock. I was really into those, but my uh-huh. one, my one true love has been Destiny. And, uh, yes. That, that's, that's well documented. Uh, hundreds of I think hundreds I still see you play Destiny, like, on the PlayStation, right? Like, you're still playing that? Mm, not on the PlayStation, no. I, uh, no? Okay, I, ju- right. I, I jump on rarely now on the uh, Xbox just to see what's happening, but I'm waiting for the... Uh, the new expansion to come out next month so uh, i'll get back right. in i'll get back into it then and no doubt lose another few hundred hours of my life but yeah i don't know i just uh, something satisfying about the core like mm. loop reward system in that game that i just I can't get away from it and like is it sorry go on. I, i'm curious because i was unable to sort of really f- like fall down the rabbit hole again with destiny 2 i just don't feel like it yeah. added enough onto onto destiny one to really grab me obviously that was a different story with you though yeah i mean i i liked what number one did like once sort of the taken king expansion came out it was um uh-huh. when it launched I, I didn't latch on to the game like the the base game that is i sort mm. of came in and out of it and once the, the taken king hit that's when i put in most of like my i think i played the first one for about six or seven hundred hours and that's when i put most of that time in wow. in that <laughs> in, in that year uh-huh. and, then, and then um yeah destiny 2 came out and i think it's because it was it did much of the same uh it, it didn't reinvent the wheel it was just pretty much more of what i wanted in a new place with new exotic weapons and stuff like that and i'm i'm a big sucker for sort of the uh people say destiny doesn't have a story but i think it does it's just hidden away in like the uh the grimoire cards and stuff like that there's a lot of really good yeah. lore 
and like the the Taken King had a lot of really good lore. So like the way they've been able to expand on that is that's one of the things that sort of drawn me in. And like they they drop little like hints and nuggets at characters that you think could come soon, and then eventually they do come in like expansions and stuff like that. And uh-huh. yeah, if there's one criticism I do have of Destiny is that it does sort of burn its really exciting characters. Like the there's like this worm god that was meant to be like really world ending and really threatening and stuff like that, but you just like kill him in two minutes in the in the latest expansion yeah. and it's just really disappointing so um i feel but, like i feel like they they declare a lot of the the bad guys to be world ending but yeah ultimately you but at the, over yeah at the same time destiny has always struggled with its season pass ex, uh expansions and content um mm. like the the two expansions that came out this year so far are very ordinary um okay. and they, they've been short they've been like shit stories and just sort of like very shallow but mm. and that, that was the same with halo one oh sorry not halo that's another bungee property um <laughs> uh destiny one their first yeah. couple of expansions were crap and then the taken king was huge so i'm hoping that forsaken is gonna do what for destiny two what the taken king did for destiny one so um yeah i'm rallying my uh my fire team i'm getting the boys back in we're gonna uh we're gonna hit yeah. the raid we're gonna do it all it's gonna just add further fuel to the fire that is your yeah. addiction with destiny 2 so you, you Matt, say which mm, okay, oh, sorry sorry, sorry no, no. you know you got more to say about more to say about destiny I I, I, no 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 i could talk about destiny for hours uh, matt please tell me about your addiction <laughs> what yeah what are you addicted to matt what happened to you brody you said your dis- addiction was over man i know <laughs> I, I, I i think i realized halfway through that that i still love it <laughs> like yeah. i was like <laughs> I, I was like i used to be addicted to destiny and then i went on a rant and now i want to play destiny it was when you started talking about the lore, I was like, oh, yeah, he is, like, properly addicted to this. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but, Matt, um, obviously not Destiny for you. No, no, I, I tried and failed with Destiny because I was just like, yeah, it's fun, but, like, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. You know, just after a while, I'm just like, yep, yeah, whatever. Space shooter. Yay, fun. Yeah. Um, no, I, I have had it. I have had addictions um, over my... 28 years of living um well with games not with anything else um <laughs> except except maybe caffeine um but that's another story uh, yeah no i um look you know the first the first major one it was basically just like pokemon you know like mm. gotta catch them all um in the schoolyard sneaking your game boys in because they were banned that was probably the you know the, the first sort of major <laughs> addiction um, in, in more sort of like online, uh, or, you know, games, the time spent on online gaming. Um, and I actually want, I actually want to write a feature about it, probably something similar to, you know, like, uh, yours, but also, mm. uh, you know, cause it was ahead of its time. I really got into mag, um, and I've spoken oh, yeah. about this in the past. Um, uh-huh. uh, and I don't think, I think that's why another reason why I have trouble getting into Call of Duty or getting into Battlefield is because, um like it wasn't the perfect game but mag was a lot of fun for me um and i've never really found a shooter that kind of you know brings forward the same same sort of experience that mag did um and yeah i used to play a lot with that to the point where like we you know started making friends with people online um to go and play mag because you know it was always better if you dropped in a squad or in a you know in a platoon rather than just dropping on your own in a, mm. with a bunch of random people because you could coordinate attacks and everything um and 
you know, it was it was it was a lot of fun, kind of you know getting online. But like, boys, are you playing tonight? Yeah, we're playing tonight. Get in online, you know, um, jump in. Everyone takes sort of different things. I'm gonna go sniper. I'm gonna go, you know, front line. Uh, this, that, everything else, you know. So I think yeah, like that. That was probably my my major PS3 one, and then you know the PS4 one. I don't know, like I, it's it's a bit of an addiction and also a bit of just jump in because it's fun to play. Is like yes, I like Fortnite, but like. I can't ditch that Rocket League habit. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not like amazing at the game, but there'll be time, there'll be times where I just like I put it on just to sit and play something, and there'll be other times where I'm like, man, I got a craving, and I just gotta, I gotta get in and play it. Like I've, I've played it so often, you know, some nights that I will wake up in the morning and go, I actually dreamt about Rocket League. That's not, you know, not healthy. So. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I yeah, that's that's kind of you know my history of of gaming addiction. So yeah, I've um, noticed that you obviously we've just spoken about it before as well. But you always got Rocket League up, and often when I'm jumping on to play Fortnite with you, you're you're jumping off Rocket League to to come and play some of that. Yeah, um, well, like I'm I'm always I'm always open to like go play Fortnite. It's not like I you know I'll yeah. I, I don't want to stop Rocket. Yeah, it's like I but I, I mean. Yeah, not. And like, I understand I what you're saying about Mag stuff, yeah. as well with the the squad sort of mentality too. Like that was something I wrote about um, in this in this article. Um, was that when you've got that group of friends, there's this element of peer pressure, I guess, and that um, if someone's kind of keen to play it, it kind of has this ripple effect, and they'll post in the group, "Oh yeah, I want to play some Fortnite." Like who's who's on? Someone else would join, and then there's that that FOMO, that sort of fear of missing out, kind of creeps in. You're like, "Oh well, the guys are getting on." Like I'll come and join them too and then all of a sudden you have like um yeah four people like assembled ready to roll um maybe like a fifth or sixth like waiting on the sidelines waiting for someone like sub out of the squad um as sometimes happens but yeah it's we've, we've spoken a little bit about like video game addiction i guess in the past when um who the world health organization were talking about it and i i don't think any of our cases are as extreme as as they can sometimes go um the only damage i've ever caused with an addiction was my brother and i burning the led the lcd crystals on our screen um <laughs> we left uh we left hotline hot pursuit 2 like on pause so often that it, the pause screen was like permanently burnt into the screen that's um, good. which got a bit awkward when you're watching a dark film um but uh otherwise i that sleep i guess is the thing i've only ever lost out on with like a video game addiction i know my brother mm-hmm. and i again used to get up like early hours of the morning to play as much bad company too as we bad their first bad company bad company as much as we could before our parents got up and and told us to like go outside or whatever um so yeah and hey, a bit of sleep too i'm just reading up on mag because i'd never heard of it uh yeah is this legit like 256 players yeah yeah no, was- there was there was um like there's one there was only like one or two game modes that yeah uh, like that do- used do- it. domination i'm looking at it says yeah it's- but basically like you you get on and i think i think that was what made me love it so much is that the map like it wasn't a huge map but you could effectively run around as a as a squad and take out a squad that didn't even matter to you because you'd have a set objective that you had to go and do, but you could run halfway across the map and take out another squad who were taking a different objective. 
um, and just just the amount of insanity that would happen. I mean, you could you you could spawn and die within three seconds, or you could go on like a ten kill streak because you were just running around, um, you know, tactically doing things, yeah. um, and you'd earn tons of points, uh, you Mag- know, for for completing objectives. And Mag sounds like like a battle royale before battle royales. <laughs> well, yeah, like it was, it was, re- it really was like ahead of its time. Like I'll, I'll sit there. Like I think that's why I like Fortnite to a, a lesser extent is that you know Fortnite's where you can get on as a squad of four and you can last for ages and and be playing you know for a while. Um, Mag, you would jump in and it would be a ninety minute match or a sixty minute match sometimes mm. or a thirty minute match, but it would go, it would go on for that long and you felt like you know basically you could be, you could be a medic and you get so many points for uh, reviving people. Um, you know, you you could get vehicles, you could drive around with the vehicles, you you could spawn in the vehicles. Um, it was yeah, it was really something, and and I I think it was just like because it was a little more. Like it wasn't as super super intense or serious as Battlefield or Call of Duty, so you know you didn't feel the need to upskill yourself in a certain me- you know, way of playing or whatever to to try and beat everyone else. So yeah, yeah, mm, sick. This would have made a, an interesting what the wiki this game. It was <laughs> uh, awarded the Guinness Book of World Records for the most players on a console FPS. Yeah, two hundred fifty six are supported. Mm. Um, it was released back in 2010 when it was an online, it was on, only available online. Like it was multiplayer only game is what I mean. Yep. And it was set um, in the, the not too distant future of 2025. You'll have to go out on the footpath, footpath and salute in 2025, Matt, in honor of uh, the Shadow War. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it um, looks crazy ahead of a time. What an interesting game. I vaguely remember it, but I never looked into it all that much. The, I the best it really took off. Uh, the best part was I picked it up. I think for because because it was an online only game, and you know a lot of people would have bought it and then traded it in because they had their fun and then they got over it. Yeah. Um, I I picked it up. I think for six bucks at game when game still existed. So oh, wow. for for six dollars, uh, and that was pre uh, PlayStation Plus subscription. Um, you basically got, you know, an online game for six bucks that you could, you know, play to your heart's content. So mm. I think yeah. the, the strangest thing I just read on the Wikipedia is that the, the soundtrack was composed by Sebastian Bach. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that as well. I didn't know Bach was still working. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. We <laughs> from Skid <Yeah>. Row. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh. I don't know if you got a laugh out of that for the same reason I did, but. I, yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. like the most compulsory name ever. So good. Uh, well, speaking of what the wiki, shall we play around? Of course. What the wiki is the Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and you, the contestants, must guess the game. Uh, thanks to the official What the Wiki keeper of the score, Jamie Penning, over on Twitter, a reminder that Stephen and James took last week's questions head on, but it was James that came out on top and cemented his lead on nine points. Brody close behind on six points. Stephen just one point behind on five points, and Matt on the board with one point. Uh, so Brody, opportunity for you to close that gap on on James and get further away from Stephen and Matt to sort 
sort of enter the competition a bit more than you currently are. Um, I'm going to change the rules slightly this week because I have the power to do that. Read the brackets. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like we tried last week, in the case of a 1v1, such as we have today, if a contestant guesses incorrectly, the other contestant may hear the remainder of the paragraph before they must guess to or pass. If they pass incorrectly if they guess incorrectly or pass, um, the floor is once again opened to the other contestant. Does that make sense? Isn't that how we always did it? What? Kind of not. I would. Why on earth would you ever pass? Just guess. <laughs> yeah, just guess, right? Um, it used to be that the other contestant could hear the, rem- like, the remainder of all of the text before, and if they guessed incorrectly at the end, then it would be opened up to everyone. But, but at that point, all of the text would have been read. Whereas this time, I'm trying to let the other person hear a bit more of the text before they can guess again. I don't know. Well, if it doesn't work, I'll just change the rules again. Once again, I have the power to do that. <laughs> this is um, I almost need like a sound. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean this is bullshit? Take your... Stop. It hasn't even started yet. Please, people out there, just stop giving him power. <laughs> Mate, no one's given me the power except myself. You are... Uh... He has seized Come up with a, a dumb podcast game and then you can make up the rules. Uh, Jamie's also been kind enough to submit this week's first game. So contestants, are you ready? Yes. Game number one. The game was originally released on Steam's early access program on January 15th, 2015. At release, the game suffered from numerous technical issues, issues such as bugs reporting that they could not log into their account or enter any active server. A new bug, which made all servers go offline, was also introduced to the game after the developer released a patch to fix the other problems. Despite the unstable launch, John Smedley, CEO of Daybreak Game Company, announced that the game had sold over a million copies by March 2015. That's just three months later. Pretty impressive. In February 2016, it was announced by Daybreak that the game would be split into two separate projects with their own dedicated development teams. Later that year, it was announced the development of the console versions were paused in order to focus on the Windows version of the game, which was given an official release date of September 20th, 2016. However, a week prior to release, the game's executive producer stated that due to many features remaining unfinished by then, the game would remain in early access until further notice. As a compromise, the game received a large update on September 20th, including many of the features intended for the official release. Still no guesses, huh? A televised (laughs) tournament of the game aired in April 2017 on the CW. In October 2017, it was announced that the game would be dropping its subtitle, becoming simply known as its title today. An individual tournament was held, an invitational tournament, sorry, was held during TwitchCon at the Long Beach Convention Center the same month. Additionally, in October 2017, a Pro League was announced, which was a partnership between Daybreak Games and Twin Galaxies to create a sustainable professional esports league for the game. The game was fully released out of early access on February 28th, 2018, with updates to scoring, combat, weapons, gameplay, UI, and a new game mode, Auto Royale. The update also launched Season 1, introducing a new updated scoring system that rewards players who get kills and plays well in matches consistently. A week after release, it was announced that the game would be going back to -to free-to-play. It was released in early access for the PlayStation 4 on May 22nd, 2018, gaining over 10 million players in over a month. Matt? Matt? I'm going to I'm going to take a wild guess here. Is it All right. Uh is it Warframe? 
It's not Warframe. No. Yeah. I've got one final clue, which I'll read, and then Brody can guess. The final clue is that it was officially released on PS4 on August 7th, 2018. So just this week, just yesterday for us, which is why Jamie put it forward as a suggestion this week. Mm. Any ideas, Brody? No, I don't really do the uh, free-to-play things. I'll um, give you a. I'll give you another. No, wait. No, you've got to guess, and then I'll give you two, the two of you another clue. Um. You said daybreak, so it made me think Daisy, but I know it's, that's not right. No. But I'll say it. I'll say it just to get another hint. Yeah, it's not. It's not Daisy. Um, I will say you're sort of in the right track, though, Daisy. It's kind of. It, Does it, that it, mean I can guess again? Yeah, if you want to guess, Matt, Matt go for it. Is it Matt. is it H one Z one? It is H one Z one. Well done, Matt. Yes. <laughs> Are you familiar with H one Z one, Brody? No. No. It's it came out like not long after Daisy, I think, became a thing, and kind of like did what it was doing, but then slightly better. I remember like being a big thing at the time, but then it just kind of like faded out. Um, really? I don't know if anyone's particularly excited for this official release on the PlayStation this past week. Oh, I was surprised awesome. to see 10 million players were playing it um, when it released back in May. That was quite a surprise. Uh, but well done, Matt. You got there in the end. I think that's going to be like the best thing to do instead of me like awarding points to myself, like we discussed a few weeks back, that I just kind of keep giving you clues until eventually someone <laughs> guesses it, even if we're playing like Hangman at the end. Um, I wonder how many people at home were there in frustration like no screaming yes, <laughs> uh, all right game number two matt if you guess this you'll be taking away the points this round the game uses platform gameplay and is divided into six blocks of three stages each for a total of 18 stages <coughs> this series protagonist can move jump crouch climb stairs and use a magic whip as his primary combat weapon when the player presses the button to crack the whip there is a short delay before the character matt. actually does so matt is this Castlevania? It is Castlevania. Well done. I was waiting to see if there was like any extra to that, but it, no, it is the first Castlevania. Well done. Any idea why I was uh, I considered it relevant this week? Netflix? Uh, because. No, it wasn't Netflix. No. Mm. Do, you, do I get extra points for answering this as well because Brody got that wrong? Or is it because Dead Souls uh, is out? <laughs> It, it's it's no, because no. it's because he was rec- oh, a track was recently uh, leaked for oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah the next Smash Brothers game that he is likely to be a character in it so the, Simon yeah, Belmont Simon Belmont will be making yeah. a, an appearance and we're gonna I wanted to bring that up because uh, that is going to be happening in I think like four hours from now as we're currently recording this podcast um, so there's no mention of all of these crazy new Smash Bros announcements uh, that you're probably no doubt reading over on the website uh, as you listen to this um, but yeah they will all be on the website and we will talk about those next week uh, but for now that was uh, episode 149 of the Starcast subscribe to us on podcast one iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and visit the site at press.com.au you can join the conversation using hashtag the Starcast let us know what games you would like us to try and guess for what the wiki or what sort of topic suggestions you might have we've been joined today by Matt Yo, you can follow me on Twitter at MBZamari and my Instagram posts go up there, so you follow that too. It's pretty nice. Uh, and we've also been joined today by Brody. Uh, yes, thank you. You can follow me on most socials at Brody underscore DG. 
I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Um, please do check out that article I wrote. I hope there is a laugh or two in there for you. Um, as for our 150th episode, by the way, um, which ought to be next week, uh, I think we're going to delay the celebrations a little bit. So don't be surprised if next week is marked as like the 151st episode, if we just kind of like skip over it. Because um, we're working on something special, but it's a little bit early at the moment still some things still need to be confirmed um so uh we'll have some more on that later um but until next time happy gaming Ciao. bye bye